All right. All right. All right. Oh. All no rules. Just, just right. right. <laughs> Bloomin' onion. Shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> Wallaby dand. <laughs> Finding <Really>? Nemo. <laughs> Fish are our friends, not, not food. food. <laughs> oh, like God. A, you had a movie. I was just naming dishes on the Outback I, Steakhouse menu. So <laughs> I was thinking about the Outback Steakhouse menu. And then it also reminded me of when we did our Haunted Australia episode and just got into a conversation about how badly we wanted Outback Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you really went, and I, I was did. so jealous. And you got steak, and now I, I want did. steak. Okay. I think I had surf and turf, yeah. You was... did. You had yourself some surf and turf. <sighs> I surfed Gel. and turfed. Le- <laughs> yeah. Who turfed in here? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, okay, sorry, I, I surfed. I surfed, so it's Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who is turfing right now? I can. <laughs> hey, he who surfed it turfed it. <laughs> well, that's a good one. I want that on a t-shirt, and no one will know but us. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be our first merchandise. How about that? Yes, <laughs> our very first merch merch uh, in our in our shop. Yeah. Whoever uh-huh. surfed it, turfed it. <laughs> <I just laughs> T-shirts, mugs, napkins, baby bibs. You. It's going to yeah. be everywhere. Baby Hand bibs. towels. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Oh, gosh. We are good um, at marketing. We really, we really are. And if you're wondering what the heck place is selling this kind of merch, easy. It's a podcast called Banshees and Booze. A paranormal podcast with a shot of liquid courage. Uh, I said podcast twice. It was, you know, I ruined it. I said podcast twice. Well, there's two of us doing the podcast. So that's true. That is true. I like that. I like that. I feel like I already sound drunk. I'm like, that's that's true. That is so true. There's two of us. It's got the it's got the stink of second record on it. So I know might might very well be. I definitely went mm. out prepared my second drink and chugged the rest of my beer. So good girl. Let's check in in about yes. mm, six minutes. Let's see where we are. All right, six minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, All right. excellent. So about Let's, ten minutes in. Great. great. We'll see how many of my words I'm slurring, and oh. uh, we'll go from there. We should be slurring words on this episode because yeah. the topic ah. is amazing and it's so perfect. And how did we not know about this before? You're a genius. <sighs> I was pretty proud of myself. Uh, you guys, December 7th is uh, repeal day. Oh, the- shit. I got December 5th. Or 5th. <laughs> Look, this is what I did. So I did my research this morning for me, which... You had done yours already because you uh, were awake. So uh-huh. I was like, I knew. So I was like, I got to check and see what research she did 
so I don't do the same research. And I saw you had a bunch of history on there. So I was like, fuck it. I'm not doing it this time. I'm letting Amy do all the <laughs> yep. history. So I didn't write shit down. I was just guessing. Okay, Excellent. so well, you were only off by two days. You know what? Did not make it to the 10 minute mark. And that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. That's right. Repeal day was December 5th, 1933. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. when we were all allowed to start drinking again because we had all yeah. stopped. Yeah, everyone Wink. stopped. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Winky, winky, winky. Uh-huh. You know what? I learned a lot. I did not realize prohibition lasted 13 fucking years. Mm-hmm. What a bunch of bullshit. Like, everyone's coming back from World, World War One, and, like, a few months later, it's like, oh, and now no more drinking. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's fucking bullshit. Well, I should have known repeal day because I did know that it lasted that long from a combination of Boardwalk Empire, where I get a lot of my information. And then truly good old Ken Burns did a documentary on prohibition. And it's a good one to watch it. It's a good one. Uh, Pretty enjoyable. I thought about Boardwalk. Boardwalk Empire, kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Boardwalk Empire a lot during this research Mm -hmm. because I stopped. I didn't finish the whole series, um, but I stopped just when, like, um, the lead female actress, like, who is his name? His wife, the one. she Was she Irish? Yes. Yeah. She was, like, all of a sudden. Brave in in that movie, Brave. Yes, that actress. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When she's, like kind of like on board with the whole like not drinking thing I think and she mm-hmm. was like like signing over his will and all his money to the like the Catholic society or something that is a that is a scene oh. and a half right there yeah oh yeah that's that's about how far I got into the show yeah. um but yeah I didn't I learned so much like it it's crazy um well since I did the research on the on the background would you like to hear it I would love to hear it. Can we introduce our drinks, though? Oh, my God. Yes. Also, I don't have to do my research first. I'll just go in. I'll just deliver some of the history if you want to go yeah. first. Oh, okay. First last time. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's just introduce our drinks. Okay. So in all the photos I looked at um, when repeal day happened on December 5th, 1933, there's uh-huh. a bunch of photos of people like drinking at bars and everyone was drinking a big old foamy beer. Yeah. So I poured myself and look, I have a special glass for <gasps> my Stella because it's a, a Stella. fucking old beer. It's from 1366, whatever. Jesus, uh, a bunch of monks made that shit. That's exactly it. So I'm going to yeah. get real centered here. And uh, so I, uh-huh. I'm having a repeal day brewski uh, because there were a lot of people that would wear signs that said like they were they were protesting the prohibition just saying Mm -hmm. like I want beer and it's like Mm -hmm. all it was saying yeah so I'm like beer it is classic fuck yeah I love it well my research this time I went ahead and just went straight to the source I went ghosts I went alcohol and I found a haunted distillery (gasps) Uh, great news Guess which distillery is super fucking haunted? The Buffalo Trace Distillery. So I got Fuck. to go. Yes. Justify buying a bottle of Buffalo fucking Trace. Oh, this is not girl. even a five alarm ghost emergency. I'm just having it. <laughs> I've got ice. It's a great situation. Yes. So. Amazing. So cheers, cheers to, to repeal. repeal. Day. Yeah. We're allowed to drink. Freedom. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. USA. 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 We do stupid shit and then we celebrate when it's over. And um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, oh, okay. So here's a little bit of history. Very, very history. Um, very, what did I just say? Did I just I don't say know. very, very history? No, you caught oh, my drunk. Oh, no. <laughs> I caught I'm it. Sorry. Here's some very, very, very history for you, Tammy. Um, <laughs> on. On January 16th in 1919, the 18th Amendment was ratified, making the sale and production of alcohol illegal, uh, which uh, made the Prohibition era begin. Um, It was actually, oh, I have written this. Okay, so a temperance movement that had been spreading since 1820, I did not know this, Mm -hmm. steamrolled legislation in several states, and uh, the wave finally hit the federal government. President Woodrow Wilson originally vetoed the measure, but the veto was overturned. On October 28th of that same year, Congress passed the Volstead Act, which gave the government power to implement the 18th Amendment. (laughs) Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Nationwide prohibition began in 1920. So it was actually not illegal to drink alcohol. It was illegal to produce and sell it. Mm -hmm. So people back then were getting a... prescriptions right uh to see uh, they had to go see the doctor for their prescription of medicine Mm because they could use alcohol like like what we were doing with weed up until a few years ago out here right um so it was not illegal to drink alcohol and thus bootlegging speakeasies and gang activities surrounding the distribution of alcohol blossomed the level of oh that starts my that starts my podcast research. Oh, Sorry. That's great. Um, so, and then on December 5th, 1933, the 21st Amendment is passed, ending prohibition. Everyone can drink. Yay. And I made a I made a fake quote from the government saying, Sorry about those last 13 years. I guess we didn't know what the heck we were so afraid of. Uh, <laughs> and, and thus we celebrate Repeal Day, according to repealday.org, by simply drinking. Done. That's how I celebrate everything. It's also how I mourn everything. It's also how I'm bored. So (laughs) we're we're just natural born prohibitionists, like uh, celebrators. Yeah, Yeah. repeal day celebrators. Repeal day. Yeah, anti prohibitionists. Mm -hmm. Anti prohibitionists. So it was so fascinating to learn how this backfired. Just, Mm -hmm. I mean, I always knew this too from Boardwalk Empire, but like. I love that. Like, that's my history book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was awful. It actually, they like, contributed to the depression. Mm-hmm. They, like, people spend money on fucking booze and at mm-hmm. restaurants and bars and on liquor. And, like, uh, people weren't doing yeah. it. And they thought that uh, domestic abuse would be reduced. Right. Suicides right. would be reduced. Um, none of it. Well, it actually got worse. That was actually the main one of the main points and why it was such a actually like such a female driven effort is because, you know, at the time there was there was a lot of alcoholism and we didn't have a name for it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, men would go work all week. They get paid on a Friday. They'd go drink their wages and then their kids would starve. And so and they'd go home and beat their wives and not have any you know, food and it, it, it happened a yeah. lot. And so it became a very like female centric issue, uh, not to mention women were not allowed to go drink in bars. That's so, right. Yeah. Uh, That's it was right. definitely like a, a very gendered thing and it was very wrapped up in the women's suffrage movement as well, which, you know, the next amendment, the 19th amendment gave us the right to vote a mere 99 years ago. So, God. um, insane. 
2020. Here we go. We're getting our. Oh. Yep. And boy, we are. We are trying to vote someone out in 2020 now. Oh, yeah. Uh, My goodness. My (laughs) goodness. Thank goodness you'll be back in the States for that. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a a time. A time to be alive. Some days. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I totally understand, like, why this sounded like mm -hmm. it might be helpful. But instead, it. Like the rate of divorce soared mm-hmm. um, and a lot more suicides, a lot, yeah, depression. And yeah, so I feel like it's not an alcohol issue. It's a person issue. Yeah. That's what addiction, like there are people who can not spend all their wages on a Friday uh, and not mm-hmm. beat their wives and right. not be fall down drunks. You know, it's like put the money into investing in like mental, mental health right. care. Um, right. And treating addiction, but it was so early on to even talk about that kind of stuff. Exactly. So this was the solution, and it didn't. It didn't work. fucking work. So now we're drinking, and now we have haunted distilleries with yay ang- angry ghosts. <laughs> um. So, uh, I basically got almost all of my research from one article that has some first person-y stuff in it. Um like your research from before. Um, This is an article in Kentucky Monthly um, about the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, this place is so haunted that uh, they offer their own ghost tour now. Um, they had, no way. A, yeah, they had an episode of ghost hunters come and do, uh, you know, an investigation. And right after that, they started offering a ghost tour. So, oh, that's uh, awesome. Check that out. Okay. So here is the article. I'm basically just going to read. Uh, I'm just going to read it because, um, it's good. And also there is a tour guide that is interviewed throughout much of this who just seems like our fucking people, Amy. Just <gasps> our fucking people. Okay. So high on a Franklin County hill overlooking the Kentucky River sits Buffalo Trace Distillery, a mecca of bourbon that has been in operation since the late 19th century. Iconic figures in the industry like Colonel E.H. Taylor and Albert Blanton have put out some of the finest bourbon in Kentucky from barrels held in its rack houses. But not all of the spirits at Buffalo Trace are intoxicating. Some just might be supernatural. Great. Ooh, Great. Love Great it. start. Love it. love it. Excited. Spooky. Here we go. Over the years, there have been many accounts of ghostly run-ins throughout the property. On most weekends, in addition to the traditional distillery tour, Buffalo Trace offers a guided ghost tour that visits some of the most active places on the site. Quote, there's so much history here, tour guide Will Pribel says. Not just that, but there's so many layers of history. Uh, great. I hope I'm saying his name right. It's P-R-I-B-L-E. Pribble. Yeah, Pribble. Pribble. Or, see, I feel like Pribble because it's like Bible. If it was two Bs. Oh, yeah, two Bs, it would be Pribble. Yeah. I, You know, Pribble, Pribble, tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. You do you. I'm going Pribble. Okay. Um, here we go. Uh, and then this is the author speaking, obviously. Pribel met with me to walk the grounds and recount stories about ghostly encounters on the property, some personal, some secondhand. Quote, I'm not a skeptic, he said. I like to get spooked. Not that I invite it. Doing Ouija boards and stuff like that. I don't need to bring that on. But I do enjoy <laughs> a good ghost story now and then. Oh, my God. That's, that's totally us. 
Yep. Oh yeah. Like yes. Like I'm. I'm not gonna conjure mm-hmm. them on purpose, but I do like to get but a I'm, little spooked. I'm interested. I'm yeah, curious. Like, you can get a certain distance from me, but not mm-hmm. too close. Right. Oh. Oh. I burpied. Foamy beer. Repeal day. <laughs> Stella. Our burp. Um, beer. Uh, the most famous story focuses on Warehouse C, a building constructed in 1885. Sometime in the early 20th century, the foreman was taking a nap inside the warehouse while his men worked outside. <laughs> Typical. Um, <laughs> he drifted off with his hat pulled down over his eyes. Suddenly, he awoke from sleep to the sound of someone whispering, get your men out of the way. Mm. Oh, I'm scared. Yeah. He jumped up with a start, removed his hat, and looked around. No one was there. He put his hat back on and returned to his afternoon nap. (laughs) Again, he heard, get your men out of there now. Okay. Oh, my God. With that, the foreman jumped up, stopped everything, and got his men away from the building. A few minutes later, nearly all the brick on the side of the building where the men had been working fell off the structure and landed (gasps) at the spot where they would have been. No. Several way. people would have died that afternoon if the foreman had not heeded the supernatural warning. <gasps> uh-huh. Oh my God. On my visit to the distillery, Pribel took me to the second floor of Warehouse C and showed me a haunting line in the masonry between the original bricks and those that replaced the ones that fell. It's unclear exactly who the ghostly warning came from, but many suspect Colonel Taylor, a man who was obsessed not only with a quality product, but also the care and well-being of his staff. So he was one of the guys. Yeah. He's Uh, like, hey, you lazy fuck. Yeah. Wake up. And <laughs> save yeah. your men. It's like, I don't want this on my conscience. Oh, um, man. This story is indicative of most of the ghostly encounters that have occurred at Buffalo Trace. They tend to be non-threatening, gentle, innocuous, and sometimes playful. Words like creepy or eerie might come to mind, but no one's ever claimed to feel anxious or even afraid. The more playful run-ins come from the ghost of a little girl. Quote, that one bothers me the most, Pribble mm-hmm. said. I have a thing about kids and ghosts. That's when I wet my pants. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Truly one of our best mm-hmm. friends, I can tell. Literally, I was this reading this like, and I was like, Amy, did you write this? Are you is my writing? Name, is my name Pribble? <laughs> is your name Pribble? Is it Pribble? Could you please tell me how to pronounce your name? I'll never tell. Ami? Ami? <laughs> Ami um, Pribble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds like a... <laughs> like a lady that came over on the Mayflower. <laughs> Ami Pribble. <laughs> Registering on Ellis Island. Yeah. I'm Ami Pribble. It's Amy <laughs> and Della Valley. I don't know. <sighs> what do you want? Just move along. <laughs> That's like, this is this is easier to say. Yeah. Della Valley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Okay. All right. When the second floor of the visitor center was being renovated, a group of painters came into work after hours to avoid being in the way of visitors. Typical. As the crew went back up the staircase and turned the corner, they saw a little girl standing in the corner wearing a period dress. All five of the painters admit to having seen her standing there. After a few minutes in which the workers watched in quiet awe, she simply disappeared. (laughs) Pribble had an encounter in that same room. 
He was setting up for a wedding one afternoon. Hashtag goals. <laughs> Getting married at a bourbon at distillery. A distillery? Fuck yeah. 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 I wonder who yeah, made that decision. Um, <laughs> wonder what they served for drinks. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're always oh. serving vodka. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> when he arrived, he saw that the lights were on in the second floor room where the event was to take place. Quote, the lights in that room aren't kept on a switch, but on motion sensors. The lights go on and off depending on if anyone is in that particular area of the room. I just figured someone was already there to help. As he approached the building, he found all the doors were locked, so he began to knock. No one answered. Finally, he found a guard who opened the building and let him in. As soon as the guy got in, I could hear someone walking around upstairs. As I went upstairs, I called hello. No one answered. And when I got upstairs, the lights were out. A little spooked, Pribble started doing what he could until his crew arrived for the rest of the preparations, starting at one of the bars. He then heard someone at the bar on the other side of the wall shuffling around as if setting up that bar. He peeked around the corner. Nothing. Oh. Then settling at the bar from where he had just been, he heard the same noises. So he peeked back over. Nothing. It seemed like a kid playing a game with him. This back and forth happened a few more times before something eerie caught his attention. I noticed that every time I walked to a different part of the room as I followed the sounds, I was the one triggering the lights. So whatever was creating the noise was doing it in the dark and not triggering the motion sensor at all. That's when I was like, nope. <laughs> oh my God, it is like we wrote this. I know. <laughs> he noped the fuck noped out of there. The fuck out of there. Nope. 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 Wow. Uh, considering Ooh, the scary. I know, right? Considering the playful nature of the experience, he suggested it, or I suggested it might be the same little girl the painter saw. Maybe, Pribble said. Maybe, but I don't want to think about that. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, a second little girl has been photographed on the property near a good climbing tree behind the Blanton Mansion. Uh, the little girls are somewhat of a mystery to the staff at Buffalo Trace. No one's yet been able to make a connection between either girl and the property. The closest they've come to an answer is that two little girls once lived across the street from the distillery. One girl drowned in a well and the other died of a fever. Aww. Okay, can we just take a minute? Fucking mystery solved. What are you talking about? You're confused. It was literally fucking obviously. And the little girls are just Amy and Tammy. And they're like, I can live across the street from the distillery or I can fucking move in. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> like, no, this no is fucking question. This is very true. Oh it's little Amy and Tammy. And their moms are like, no, you may not go to the distillery. <laughs> and we're like... Oh, yeah? What if we are ghosts? <laughs> what if we're dead? That'll what? show you. Damn That'll it. Sh- <laughs> Tammy, go get that penny at the bottom of the well. And okay. I'm going I'm to go get myself infected by a sick uh, yeah. person. I'm going to go lick a bunch of rotten meat. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Um. Pribble had another ghostly encounter while giving a tour of Warehouse D which was built in 1907 and still houses more than 20,000 barrels of bourbon. Okay, I'll, I'll see. <laughs> <laughs> like 19,999 once I'm done. Oh, shoot. Um, around 2 p.m. on a Saturday, he brought the group in and gathered at the first floor intersection where two aisles meet. He was about to speak when he looked down one of the aisles and saw a man standing at the other end looking at one of the barrels. 
how did someone from the tour get that far away without me noticing was the first thought that came into Pribel's mind. He wasn't glowing or ethereal like you imagine ghosts. He was just standing there like you or I. He was wearing khaki pants and a shirt, almost as if it were a uniform or something. He asked the man to rejoin the group, but the man didn't respond. Pribel asked again and again, received no indication the man had heard him. Just then, the man stepped forward, walked right into the barrels, and disappeared. A woman standing beside Pribel asked who the man was. Pribel's response was somewhat appropriate. You saw that too? I'm not crazy. <laughs> I love him. I also love that I he's love the him. ghost tour person. Like, this is so us. We're just like, what it's am I doing? So us. Yeah. We, it's like us doing this podcast. We're yeah. so fucking scared, but we're like, yeah. nah, shit, we're doing this. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be us if we were tour guides. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um. Oh. The tour was great, but the two uh, tour guides could not let go of each other the whole time and appeared to be pretty intoxicated. They they had several wardrobe changes just at their pants. It was (laughs) really... (laughs) Uh, Okay. Oh, God. I love Uh, this. Let's see. Okay. There are... Oh, yeah. Okay. So then it's just finishing that story uh there are only a few of the stories that echo throughout the buildings of buffalo trace distillery people may read stories like these and debate their validity writing them off to natural causes or at worst claiming folks made up the tales but in the end belief in ghosts is just that a belief there's something reassuring that in a place like buffalo trace the epicenter of the industry at the very heart of the bluegrass the ghosts who wander there are as good-natured as the spirits that surround them Aw, that's a sweet Isn't ending. Isn't that nice? That is Thanks, so Kentucky nice. Monthly. I appreciated that. <laughs> Who would no- have known? I I never think of distilleries as being haunted, but yeah. usually because I'm like drinking. If I go to like a winery or a distillery mm-hmm. or a you know right. where a brewer brewery, which brewery. I still can't say brewery. So, like, you're already a little loosey-goosey. I'm mm-hmm. never really thinking, like, about yeah. ghosts. That is so fucking haunted. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a lot. Nice. I uh, I thought about trying to find, like, a haunted, like, bar or something for a prohibition. I never thought about a distillery. Well, and I'm like, I only thought of it because I typed in haunted brewery, and I found that I guess a lot of breweries do haunted houses around this time. Oh. Or recently. So I was like running into that, and I was like, fuck it, a distillery. And it was like, oh, you want a haunted distillery? I got one for you. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Google. Amazing. There's always, we thought we'd run out of hauntings. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, well, I did uh, kind of just went into like um, – Places from the Prohibition era that are haunted today. Ah. Um, so so I went through, all of my research came from History Goes Bump in the Night, which is a blog. Cute. So it's a, at Blogspot. I know, I loved it. Um, so what I, as I was saying earlier about um, how bootlegging, speakeasies, and gang activity uh, surrounding the distribution of alcohol blossomed uh, because they were trying to get people drunk mm-hmm. as quickly and cheaply as possible um and obviously boardwalk empire has taught us right. as did history that lots of people died you know not just of like from the gang activity with bootleggers and and all that stuff but just like drinking bad fucking bathtub mm-hmm. gin you know like um 
yeah, it was it was fucking insane back then. Um, so the super the level of supernatural activity resulting from things that went on during Prohibition is far too great. For a single blog post, not mine, but let us focus on just a couple of places. All right. So here are some places from the Prohibition era that are crazy haunted. Yes. Um, so the first one is the Casablanca Inn. This bed and breakfast located in St. Augustine, Florida, which is like, again, one of the most yeah. haunted city in the mm-hmm. world. Uh, my AC just kicked on. Mm. Can you hear it? No. Okay, good. Uh, I didn't realize it was that warm outside. Hello. We're still in Southern California. It's freezing Uh, outside here. I kind of am ready for some freezing weather. It's like mid 70s today, but humid, which we never get. So my head is like, I went, I went for a run yesterday and I was walking out and it was like the grass was all frozen. I was like, what the fuck? Damn. It crunched. Yeah. Crunchy grass. Not ready. Not ready for that shit. Um, I wouldn't mind like a few weeks of it though. I'll be honest. It's getting, yeah, it kind of made running easier. Definitely by the time oh. I was coming back, I had stripped off some layers. So <laughs> it does I make it easier. Fucking yeah. suck at running. So any kind of help I can get, I'll take. I'm such a bad runner. It's awful. And I don't try anymore. I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'm just not a runner. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I've been working very, very hard at it and it is very oh, difficult. So good for you though. Thank you. Good. Good for you. It is really difficult. And you're fucking right. doing it. I'm yeah. proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 And it is hard to be a runner with tatas, okay? It is. So we should get extra, extra credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here we are again. The Casablanca <laughs> Inn. <laughs> I love that I got half a sentence uh-huh. in. <laughs> um, now we're talking about the weather. Uh, the, uh, so the bed and breakfast is located. Uh, it was located in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, it was once a boarding house. It was built in 1914. And uh, it was called the Matanzas Hotel. I'm probably saying that wrong. A couple years later, the hotel was turned into a boarding house and the name was changed to the Bayfront Boarding Home. The woman who ran the boarding home decided that the place was better off as a hotel, so she changed the name to the Casablanca Inn. Oh my goodness. It's just, that's not the best rebranding once again. We have trouble with rebranding here. You just Mm -hmm. don't just change the name. (laughs) Um, You just make it a hotel. Uh, this woman was an intelligent businesswoman, and she saw a great opportunity when Prohibition began. She knew that providing alcohol for her customers would make her money. She also knew that helping the bootleggers would have financial rewards as well. She was well positioned to help the bootleggers because government agents would stay at the Casablanca Inn in hopes of catching illegal rum coming into port. Whenever the agents were in town, the woman would notify the bootleggers with a special warning Uh, that they had worked out together. She would use a lantern to signal the bootleggers whenever the agents were in town. She would have the land. uh, She would wave the lantern from the second floor. The woman eventually died and was buried at the Huguenot cemetery. um, And eventually prohibition was repealed, but this has not stopped the lantern warnings to this day. People out on the water claim that they still see a lantern light waving back and forth from the second floor of the Casablanca Inn. They see wispy fog-like apparitions inside the inn as well. Oh my God. Love it. I love just like how people had to change their lives to Mm -hmm. just help 
with fucking alcohol, you know, like how dangerous and secretive it had to be. Yeah. Um, Then we have the Children's Center of Ohio. Okay. (laughs) Classic prohibition hauntings. Drunk ass (laughs) kids. God. When will they learn? Uh, The two kids that uh, haunt the distillery probably know the kids from the Ohio uh, Children's Center, which was a former speakeasy. So (laughs) the following is a true story as told by a journeyman working in a building that was a former speakeasy. I have to be honest. What's a journeyman? Is it someone who just goes from city to city to find work? I've been stumped. I've been stumped. She doesn't. Oh, that's a new game show. Let's stump Tammy. Let's stump Tammy. Uh, I mean, I'm stumped even. I'm not saying I don't know things, but I couldn't even come up with a made up thing that I felt like I knew. Say it's a person. A journeyman goes from city to city to just do work. That they, seems they, correct they, to me. Maybe they specialize in something and then they go from city to city like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm a, a shoe repairman. Do you need me? Maybe it's like that. Yeah, I think well, it is. Who knows? Maybe the, my copied and pasted research will reveal it, but I'm not okay. sure. <laughs> the um, next sentence, a journeyman is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a true story. Um, so this building was a speakeasy during Prohibition. As a young journeyman in a construction union, okay, that doesn't tell me anything. Traveling he, okay. construction? There it is. Traveling construction, people. Uh, I had been waiting to finish my apprenticeship so I would be able to run my own jobs and in a way be my own boss. But when I finally got the opportunity to work on a job by myself, I was wishing that I would have been working with someone else. First off, I was given a key to walk into my project that was located down a shady brick stairwell from the outside of the building. The stairwell led to a door that you most commonly see in old Prohibition movies um, about the mob. Thinking nothing of it, excited to finally work alone, I was shown my project and I worked my first day there, aware that it was eerie inside of what is now a children's center, but nothing happened. The next day I went in to work earlier than I usually do so I could get a better idea of what kind of material I needed for the work week. I used my key and quickly turned the lights on. I walked down a brick hallway further into the basement. The whole area that was once a speakeasy had motion activated lights set up. Just like yours. Oh my God. Um, just like the distillery. Mm-hmm. So it had motion activated lights. Again, didn't think anything of it. There was one dark room in the whole basement that didn't have any motion lights at all. When I reached the bottom of the stairwell, I peeked my head in the dark room and waved my arms thinking it would turn the lights on. Mm-hmm. At that moment, a wooden chair slid across the floor. I remember the sound of it echoing as I started screaming and running in the other direction. Oh. I was the only one there. Eventually, I found the maintenance man and told him the story. He told me that he knew about the ghost. He was the one that painted the religious picture down in the basement. And that one time he saw someone walking through the building when he was the only one there. The security guard said, I don't mess with them and they don't mess with me. But this journeyman wasn't wasn't messing with him. Um, Yeah. uh, By the way. Uh, according to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. a journeyman is a worker skilled in a given building trade or craft who has successfully completed an official apprenticeship qualification. Oh, it was the term journeyman was originally used in the medieval trade guilds. They were paid daily. And the word journey is derived from journey, 
meaning day <gasps> in French. So I think it's like day labor, but also yes. skilled and yeah. Skilled at construction. Like, okay. Cause he mentioned he finished his apprenticeship and was really eager to work alone. Yep. Why? Thank you, Tammy. Uh, you know, thank, thank you, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Wiki, you're the best. Where uh, would we be without it? Where would we be? There needs to be a Wiki ghost page. Like I'm sure we just there need- is. Um, we gotta find it. Trademark. Trademark. <laughs> Wiki ghosts. Trademark. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I release it. I release the trademark. Yeah, me too. Wiki I'll say is- it three times and spit. <laughs> <laughs> we release the trademark. <laughs> It's all yours, listeners. Uh, So finally, there is Bell's Jewelry Store. Bell's Jewelry Store in Decatur, Illinois, was a Mm. former speakeasy that hosted drinking and gambling. The building was built in 1865. During Prohibition, it became the most popular spot in town, serving its own brand of homemade beer and whiskey, which I'm sure was awful. Mm -hmm. Uh, When Prohibition was overturned, the place became a brothel as well. They See, are prohibition. Just like, <laughs> See, they're just like, look, you, all the illegal things, you know, all of it. It's like, oh, now we can drink. Okay. Yeah. The brothel it is. Yeah. You guys want to speed in here? All right. Come on. Let's do it. I mean, honestly. Jaywalk. Like- you want to jaywalk? We're doing that. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm going to do speed and I'm going to get, do speed. Do speed. Well, I guess, well, that's also really I guess you okay. can. That works. I'm going to have sex, I'm going to speed, and I'm going to jaywalk all yeah. at Bell's Jewelry Store. Woo! I can see their Christmas ads. You know, yeah. it's usually for engagements. It's like, <laughs> Bell's Jewelry Store, come play with our sex workers and jaywalk. Uh, <laughs> jaywalking oh, was the one Lord. I came up with. That's a good one. <laughs> That's good. You cannot do that out here, so I'd go anywhere to jaywalk. <laughs> New York, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Prohibition was overturned, it became a brothel. The police force in Decatur was known to be lazy and corrupt, and crime flourished in the city. People were killed at the speakeasy due to fights and most probably gang activity. Mm. Utility workers have heard noises coming through the walls reminiscent of those one would associate with a bar. Heavy objects moving around and footsteps have been heard coming from upper floors. Employees have expressed feeling weird when they enter the area that used to be the old speakeasy. Much of the space has never been touched and has some pieces still left from a bygone era, like pinup pictures. A chill mm. can be felt in that area as well. Crazy. I love that this jewelry store has like a little like historical section that has Mm -hmm. not been changed I love that and like even like doing my research about prohibition it was so fascinating seeing like the extreme lengths people went to like to get into a speakeasy like there was one Mm -hmm. uh vegetable market I think it was in Los Angeles it was in downtown LA and you go into the produce market you go into the vegetables and then underneath like a ton of boxes of vegetables they'd move the boxes there was a trap door two people at a time got lowered by a dumb waiter and into a speakeasy it's like insane and then I mean I cut it out of this but like so many people um dying when they made Mm -hmm. their own alcohol and people dying when they thought they were buying rum and it was actually just cleaning agents and just like nasty nasty that that uh, getting into the uh 
speakeasy reminds me of uh, when I went to New York in probably, oh, God, uh, 2005, maybe, uh, and uh, went to Chinatown to buy fake purses, you know? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, never done it. Uh, no, never I've never, I did. Mm, no. Oh, I didn't know it was illegal. Uh, yeah, all neither. the signs Arr. everywhere written in English that said, it is illegal, don't do this. I was like, <laughs> and like, we definitely, like, I went, I went with Anna and, uh, there were a couple of times where we'd get like ushered into these back rooms and then they'd all be like, shh, 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 shh. Yes. And you'd all have to be really quiet because like cops were walking through or something. And I was like, it's, I went up into an attic once. Like, yeah. they don't tell you where, like, you think because they lead you into a, um, like a storefront. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. It's just this tiny store selling hats and scarves. And yeah. then, yeah, the same thing, like, shh, 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 shh. And yeah. then, like, up the tiniest little stairwell mm-hmm. into this attic. Now, true crime wasn't as en vogue as oh it is God. today. Although I was very obsessed with Unsolved Mysteries mm-hmm. and, like, America's Most Wanted. Sh- Should have known better. Amy. Should have known better. Have I told you this story? I will do it quickly. <laughs> okay. Anna and I should be dead right now because we were there for a couple of days. We went on a day when it was very busy. We got a couple of things that we liked. We decided we had a little time before our flight home. So early in the morning on like a Sunday morning or maybe it was like a Monday morning, we decided to go back. We're like, we can get an hour or two in and then we'll go. Cause like there was like, we'd been looking around and like negotiating and stuff. So, you know, when we went, it was bustling, bustling. We go this Monday morning, walk out. It's dead, dead quiet. There's one lady there on her cell phone. She sees us. She turns to us. She goes, you want purses? Gucci, Prada, Fendi? <laughs> and we're like, yeah. She's like, follow. And we start following her and we walk a couple of blocks. And then we walk into this like basically strip mall. She unlocks like a front thing, like rolls up the gate. Walks us into a door, down two flights of fucking stairs. And literally, I am in my head the whole time being like, but Anna and I are too fucking polite to say anything. Like, of course. No thank you for the murder that is about to happen (laughs) and, like, the slavery in which we are about to be enforced. Like, (laughs) we're fine. Turns out we were fine, and I actually found my favorite purse, my favorite illegal purse in that place. Uh, oh, yeah. But oh, still, yeah. we literally, and then we left, and we were both just like, that was dumb. We shouldn't have done that. <laughs> right? Like, what the hell are we thinking? And yeah. of course, this was all when we were super young, too. Yeah. And like, way too young to be We doing were 20. This. We were 20 years old. We oh, could not even drink. It was our first God. grown-up vacation with, uh, without parents, <gasps> and we Im- immediately almost got murdered. So This is why parents should always worry about their children even their dumbass 20 year old children Mm -hmm. I should be long gone by now for so many reasons totally I had no stranger danger Mm -hmm. none it's like okay I'll I'll follow you into this thanks for helping me and you don't want to be like excuse me this is weird we didn't have fuck politeness back then we did not especially because you didn't know where they were going to lead you and so like you go into like what you think is a store and you're like great this is where the purses will be and you've already gotten so far you do feel rude Mm -hmm. to be like oh actually I'm not going up there but today I 
probably wouldn't buy a fake purse because of ethics, but yeah, I did I get guess. an amazing fake Louis Vuitton and it was so oh my God. nice. I had a fucking Prada and I didn't even know that that was so important. I would use it as my like laptop bag like at, <laughs> at school and literally one of my friends was like, motherfucker, you got a Prada bag? And I was like, no. She's like, if that were real, that's like a $40,000 bag. And then I was like, oh shit, I don't think I want to carry this anymore. I know people are going to think you're rich and yeah. mock you. I was like, I am not. So. Oh, yeah. That Louis Vuitton was insane. And I had absolutely no money, nothing yeah. of value in it whatsoever. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? I paid 40 bucks for it. It, yeah. it made me go broke. Yeah. <laughs> like- Same. <laughs> but today, I feel like I-, I would still feel a little rude by it but I would have to say oh you know what I actually think I'm good yeah but then I think I'm a little more scared of them chasing me down yeah so like, pe- people get mad they if do. you change your mind they're they want to make that fucking sale make man sale. yeah I get it I get it but now we know what it's like to mm-hmm. live in a world of prohibition and have to sneak into speakeasies <sighs> we experienced it ourselves by buying fake bags yeah it's true <laughs> yeah we're fucking we gangsters. lived it we live fucking gangsters God damn. Uh, um, I have, for the first time in ages, a haunt or hoax. Shut the fuck up. I she almost, almost just spit, spit out, her, out her buffalo my trace. bourbon. <laughs> oh my God. I'm I know. thrilled. It's been so long. Okay. So. Um, first, I was trying to do like Los Angeles locations that used to be speakeasies. Ooh. <sighs> Every, because now there are quote unquote speakeasies right. in Los Angeles, which aren't fucking speakeasies because everyone knows about them mm-hmm. and it's legal. Um, so it kept coming up with like 10 cool speakeasies to party at tonight. Right. And I was like, okay, this isn't working. Um, although at one point, Bordner's, our favorite bar, was like a a gay speakeasy, I think. Yeah. Or, yeah. Kind of like a speakeasy, I guess, or an underground gay bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at one point it was a speakeasy. Um, anyway. Haunter hoax, which of the following prohibition era words are not used to describe alcohol? This so is you know. the perfect question, Amy. Oh. I'm so excited. You're going to nail it. I'm sure you're going to nail it. Well, one of them I've already said a million times in this podcast, so I spoiled okay. that. Okay, so these are all prohibition era words or phrases. Um, all of them except one are used to describe alcohol. Okay. Okay. You'll probably know it. Hooch, giggle water, bathtub gin. Spoiler, I said that a million times already. White lightning or blotto, B-L-O-T-T-O. Well, here's the thing. Blotto describes the act of being drunk, but I can Mm. imagine it describing alcohol itself. (gasps) Giggle juice feels like something we would say, but we do love the Prohibition era. We do. (sighs) I'm going to go with i'm gonna call it blotto you're correct yeah yeah ding 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 ding. i never heard of blotto and yes it does it's used to uh, describe an extremely drunk person often to the point of unconsciousness look Um, amy i've been blotto enough times to know what blotto means so i it's a perfect word like oh she's blotto Blotto. you're just on the floor like Mm -hmm. blotto 
Um, so the only th- one I hadn't heard of was White Lightning, which is oh. the whiskey version of bathtub gin. Mm. So bathtub gin. Oh, and do you, so I also learned why bathtub gin is called bathtub gin. A lot of people would make their homemade or bootlegged, you know, shit in their uh, sinks at, mm-hmm. in the kitchen sink. Um, if you made it in the bathtub. Oh, oh, wait, here we go. I didn't write this down. I'm going off of memory. So okay. you made it in the kitchen sink. Um, so people would start getting on to the fact that people were diluting it with water from their kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. They would make it in the kitchen sink, turn on the faucet, add a little water. Right. So they, people were, were getting keen to it. So they wouldn't buy their, their gin unless it was from a really tall bottle, meaning it was too tall to get it under the faucet. So they knew that it wouldn't have water in it. So then people were, who were making the illegal gin were like, Fuck that shit. I'll put it in the bathtub then. Oh, my God. So bathtub gin. So it moved from the sink to the bathtub so they could still sneaky, sneaky, get that water and dilute it. And that is what bathtub gin actually is. No idea. I just assumed it was it was made in a bathtub like they were making enough for it to be in a bathtub yes but they were just using the uh I mean they were eventually but they were like it has to be in the bathtub so we could get that water into it so Mm. I'm like that's so great that is so fun it's super fun what a time what a time my goodness um but that was my haunter hopes (gasps) I miss them I miss them I'm going to try to remember next time. I'm so... I know. They, they're weirdly, fun. They, they take... They're so much fun. They're harder. <laughs> they are so hard, Tammy. Mm-hmm. Like, they actually take so much time. Because yeah. um, you try to come up with something that we can trick each other. You exactly. Know? I know. But, uh, yeah. So, I learned so much. This historical podcast of ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just We're just bringing the learning to the people. We bring in the learning. So the next time you are jewelry shopping or going to a produce market, mm-hmm. just remember, or going to a distillery. Yeah. <laughs> just remember, it has history and therefore mm-hmm. it has ghosts. It must. It must. It must. The light uh, is coming in differently than when we started recording and I've got like stripes on my face. You are getting very, you're, you're lighting hot there, Amy. You're lighting I, hot. I, you're I look like hot, a ghost. But now you're lighting hot. It's creepy. Uh, well, also, I always look like a boy when my hair is pulled back, and I've got these large headphones on. I don't on. think that. I feel like I look like a a, a pubescent boy, hmm. like like super awkward. And did I ever tell you I have this theory? If you cut all her hair off, she'd look like a British man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Mean Girls <laughs> quote right there. Uh, great. Now I have to go see the Mean Girls musical. Fine. Ah. Which I do want to see. I'm sure it's very good. I'm sure it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, if you want to see the Mean Girls musical, (laughs) or if you want to talk about ghosts, you should write to us at our email address, which is upghostandpersonal at gmail.com. And you can also uh, send us an email from our website, banshiesandbooze.com. And you can follow us on Instagram where we post uh, uh, photos and great memes. But we also do uh, photos that uh, show you in picture what we're talking about on these episodes. Uh, The Instagram handle is Banshees and Booze. Yes, my God. (laughs) Somebody gave her bathtub gin and now she Uh. has 
forgotten. It's it's repeal day, everybody. Happy repeal Happy day. Happy repeal day. We're um, so much better off. Uh, uh, repeal day is like I'm smarter, I'm mm-hmm. stronger, and I'm just happier. I'm just mm-hmm. happier. I'm gonna go Don't. beat up my wife. <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> Fuck those broads who say lips that touch liquor shall not touch as. <laughs> I kiss. I kiss these drunk men. I don't kiss. <laughs> I don't kiss them all night. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you can follow our Instagram page so, at Banshees at Banshees and Booze, or follow us on Twitter, which Tammy has done such incredible work with i stop I'm embarrassed. Honestly, honestly, every now and then you might notice that we get. Uh, me liking mm-hmm. everything at once because yeah. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, Twitter, yeah. And I'm like, 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 like. I don't like. know my like personal Twitter login, so I can't do that. <laughs> I can only exist as Banshees and Booze. So I have. Oh, I'm sorry. I can only exist as Banshees. Mm, booze, <laughs> which is our Twitter handle. Uh-huh. Oh, good save. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And- uh yeah remember hey Tammy. oh me oh yeah i could go first i'll go first okay i have nothing okay. um hey amy yes tammy if you see a ghost uh, uh uh jump down the well and hit the distillery across the street hell yeah <laughs> I was real nervous. I closed out my research. I had nothing to look at. Oh my God. Yeah, it's very scary. Ooh, scary. Hey, Tammy. Yes, Amy. If you see a ghost, let him change your name at Ellis Island. It's better than rebranding <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Pribal. And no. <laughs> Pribal. <laughs> Prible's our new bestie. Yeah, for real. Oh, I'm gonna God. I'm gonna find him on, on social media. I'm not yes. Yeah, yeah, find him on our Twitter banshees. <laughs> You're going to post and I'm going to hit like. And that's yes. what it's going to be. It's going to be great. That's it's how we great. support each other. Prabal. Prabal goes west. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so dumb. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's so no. good, Amy. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, now you know the booze is hitting Tammy because she thinks that was a funny joke and it was <laughs> awful. <laughs> but I'm flattered. I made it past the 10 minute mark. That was all I cared you about. You sure did. Yeah, you did. sure did. <laughs> and now it's late over here. I get to go to sleep. So You get to go to sleep and I have to watch my, my alien kitty. Mm-hmm. But at least I have a nice buzz tied on for it. So. Oh, good. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, happy repeal day, everybody. Happy repeal day. Mm, goodbye. Goodbye.